Some of you may recall a story that I told you, my notes say, in 2008, in January. And uh, see if it comes back to your minds if you were here back then. There was a uh, very wealthy man who liked to collect fine art. He was widowed and only had one child. And that son, he also taught how to collect art and to value art. They traveled around the globe and collected only the finest pieces from the masters. You know, Rembrandt, uh, Van Gogh, Monet, others like that. And they had an impressive collection. The day came when World War II broke out and the young man was drafted into the military. He went overseas and it wasn't too many months at all when this widowed father with only having this one son had an officer standing at his door one morning to give him the news that his son had been killed. His son had been killed while he was rescuing another soldier and carrying him to safety. The story goes that on Christmas morning this older man now got a knock on his door and it was another uniformed soldier with a large package under his arm. He introduced himself by saying, I am the one that your son saved. We were good friends. We became friends because of your art collecting and I am a bit of an artist, but nothing like what you collect. I have something for you, may I come in? The old man showed him into their living area and then the soldier gave him this package and what was in the package was a portrait of his son while no art critic would ever say it was a great work of art, it did represent the young man's face very well and even seemed to show a lot of his personality. The following spring, the old man became very ill and passed away. The art world was all just going nuts because they knew that the art, all of his material, because there were no family members, it would just go up for auction. When the day of the auction came, art collectors, museums from around the world had come to see what they could bid on. There were those just priceless works all around the walls everywhere. As the auctioneer stood, he began with one piece that was not in the auction catalog. It was the picture of the sun. And he held it up and he said, who will bid on the photograph, of the, excuse me, the painting of the sun. And the place was silent. And then somebody finally said, what on earth are we bidding on that for? We came for these other works by, and they listed the masters. And the auctioneer said no. In his will, he stated that the first painting that had to be sold was the painting of his son. The place was still silent. Finally, the auctioneer said, who will bid me even $100 for the painting of the sun? Someone from the back of the room said, well, I knew the old man and met the son a few times. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the $100. The auctioneer said, will anybody increase it? Will they go to two? Will they go to five? Nobody else bid. It was just the $100 bid. And he, the auctioneer finally said, going once, going twice, sold. And then he said, and that closes the auction. 
And people were going, what do you mean it closes the auction? And he said, the old man said in his will, whoever takes the son gets it all. That really is the essence of the Christmas story, isn't it? Whoever takes the sun gets it all. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. The one who has the Son has it all. But what's included in the all? Well, the first thing is that Advent promises new life in Christ because it means we now know what God is like. The Bible says what? He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. He's the image of the invisible God. We know what God's like when we see him. God came to earth wrapped in a human body. We have a theological word for that, don't we? Incarnation, he came in flesh, and he came to this earth, and he has shown us what God is like, and how much he loves us, and how much he cares for us. Imagine what the world would be like if God had never come in the form of Jesus Christ. Uh, this past week, I saw on a couple of different posts on Facebook, uh, our son's mother-in-law put something up, and then a friend of ours put something up as well who live out in New York State. Uh, Casanova College is closing its doors after 199 years of being open as a place of higher education. Our, my, our son's mother-in-law went there, and we have a friend who has a daughter there this, now as a freshman. Casanova started off as a seminary. It isn't now, but that's how it started. How do, do you know how Harvard and BU and BC and Yale all started? They were all schools of higher education because those who founded them believed that you couldn't study science without the Word of God. That's just the way it always was. Because Christ came, we have hospitals that are still in existence that were founded by men or women who believed because God did so much for them, they had to help their fellow man out. We date history because of when Jesus came, do we not? Before and after. All of these events that had, God would never have visited the world, and he would never have, we would have no hope of this returning. God came and gives us hope that he is coming again. There is something special going on. Without Jesus, Mary Magdalene would have died in her sin. Matthew would have still been a traitor to his fellow Jews. The Roman soldier would have still been cruel. James and John and others would have still been out there fishing for fish and not for men. The Apostle Paul would never have been more than a cruel Pharisee steeped in his legalism. The people who needed healing during the time of, that Jesus lived would still have their bodies broken. 
The lame would still be lame. The blind would still have no light in their eyes. The deaf would still be living in an empty, hollow world. We would never have heard the words of Jesus where he says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Or this one. I have told you this so that my joy, we got joy up here as well, may be in you and your joy may be complete. Or just this one. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. One of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. The joy, the love that God gives. This is why we sing about, and we sang about it a few moments ago, Emmanuel at Christmas, that God is with us. And he was with us 2,000 years ago, and he's with us in this very present moment. God, that's what God is like. We have a God who cared enough to come. Just think about that for a moment. He was the friend of sinners and failures. He showed love and compassion to outcasts. He cares about you and me and all that we do. He also said this phrase, the last will be first and the first will be last. He taught us that God values us differently than the world values so many things. Julie and I were watching last night uh, just a few moments of PBS. And uh, they, on commercial-free PBS, they did a commercial, which they always do. Um, and they were, the commercial was for Antiques Roadshow. And back a short while ago, uh, just as I was going through the channels, just doing dumb things, just not finding anything to watch. Do you ever do that? You just can't really seem to find anything, but you're doing it anyhow. Click, 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 hoping that something will come up. And they had a, a, they were reprising some of the old Antiques Roadshows, and I just saw maybe 90 seconds of it, but it was fun to see this one piece of a woman coming in with something that she had purchased in a yard sale, and I remember the figures, for $3, and she brought it in to have it valued, and the person who looked at it, his eyeballs nearly bugged out, and then when she told him, he told her, excuse me, what it was worth, her eyeballs did fall out because he said, well, your $3 investment is probably worth $30,000. It's all, it's a different value. Some, it's worth this much to the person at the art sale, but it's worth this much to an art collector. You are worth so much to this world, but you're worth so much more to our Heavenly Father. He loves you so much that he sent his son into the world. And because Christ showed us what God is like, I think we want to be like him as well. We've been transformed by his grace and renewed by his love. And we need to extend that grace to others, especially at this Christmas season. We forgive because he has, we have been forgiven because of all that he has given to us. A second thing we're going to do is this. Secondly, Advent promises new life because it means our sins can be forgiven. Think of something that 
and probably won't take me about half a heartbeat to think of something that you would just assume not everybody else in this room knew about. But God's forgiven you of. What would it be like if Jesus never came and forgave you of your sin? And you had to bear that forever. Your guilt would never be relieved. The condemnation would always be with you. But the grace of God makes the difference. If Jesus never came, we wouldn't know the verse that the kids read to us a few moments ago. And let's read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We would be missing a Savior. There would be no talk of forgiveness and no reconciliation to God, only laws to be obeyed. Grace would not be a word in our vocabulary. The word you keep hearing on the news all the time is justice. I need justice for what happened to me or my family. It's never grace. Condemnation, Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. This is what he said to the woman taken in adultery. Now, go now and leave your life of sin. Go, you can be different. In 1 John we read this, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. We are children of God because we have been forgiven as an act of the grace of Jesus Christ made possible through the atoning death that he had for us. We read this in 1 Corinthians. If only for... It means we have hope. We have hope of heaven. We have hope. Hope over there. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. I hope we have more than hope in this world, that we have a plan and that we know that there's going to be another time when we can see the Lord. Advent promises new life in Christ because, and the final thing is this, but in keeping... Hmm, I've got a slide out of order still. I tried to straighten my slides out back there this morning, and I still have them out of order, so we'll forget that for the moment, and we'll just go with this. It means a hope of heaven. Heaven was made possible by Jesus. As the hymn says, Christ has opened paradise. What's the phrase? Hallelujah. It's new. It's changed. Um, a week and a half ago, one of my cousins, my cousin Linda, her uh, husband passed away. And on her Facebook page, one of her friends wrote this, as did many of her friends, something similar. But the one of the first one I saw was this. We have a hope beyond this world. You'll see him again. And I believe that. We have a hope beyond this world. If Jesus Christ had not come, there would be no book of Revelation. And what's Revelation telling us? He's coming again. 
He's coming again. A Savior who would overcome this world. We would hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. I've got to see if I can find some of these slides. Where are they? I can't see them. Find the one for me that says, well done, good and faithful servant. Put that one up there. I think that's up there. And I'll let you do it for me. You have been faithful in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. There would be no hope of a resurrection if it wasn't for Jesus coming here at Christmas time. Okay, let me ask you a dumb question. How many of you used to snoop for presents when you were kids? Okay, the first hand that went up, I won't tell you who it is, but his name is Keith. Uh, and I would have put my hand up before Keith, I'm sure. I can still see my sister Marilyn and I looking around in Mum's closet, because that's where she always hid the Christmas presents. She didn't do a very good job. Although most of the time they were always wrapped. I can see in my little mind the Christmas when I was 15 and when two months later knowing I would be 16 and desperate to get my driver's license and also desperate to get my first car. And going into that closet, Marilyn and I, and I picked up a box, probably only about yay long, smallish, but heavy, and when I picked it up, it rattled. And I knew what was in it instantaneously. It was a set of craftsman wrenches. And I sat there on the floor of Mom and Dad's bedroom, and I could just play in my mind that it wouldn't be much longer, and I would have my first car, and I would be using those... Well, if you come on, if you were like me and the age I am, you know the cars you got needed to be wrenched. Okay? You, <laughs> they needed to be worked on. And that 56 Chevy I had, yep, it needed tinkering. And I would go back to that closet. I can still see myself doing it, going back several times, Mom. Sorry in holding that box and in my mind knowing what was to come. But isn't that the picture of what this thing called salvation is and a hope of heaven is? That we hold in our hands something now that we're not going to get to open for a long time but we know what's inside it. We know what it's going to do for us. It's going to, we just know, and it's got our name on it. A hope of heaven. I don't know if we can get the slide. Let's see if I can, there it is. But keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning 
or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. That is the hope of Advent. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. A promise of something beyond what's going on here right now. God has something for us beyond. Let's pray together. Father, it is so good to know that you love us. We can read the verse time and time again, for God so loved each and every one of us. We can see lives that have been transformed in Scripture. We see lives that have been transformed in history. We see lives transformed in this sanctuary this morning. We know that you've changed us. We know that you love us. We know that you always will. Father, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I hold in my heart something that I will open someday. I may only see it in my heart right now, see it in my mind, but I know that there is something beyond this world that you are holding for me in a place called heaven, in a place of renewal and hope and peace and love. Lord, I pray now your blessing on the family of God this day. I am thankful, Lord, so much for the family of God, for all that you're doing with us and through us. Lord, I bring these things in your name. Amen.